0: Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 318 of our three-year journey through God's Word, and that brings us to Joshua chapter 17. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your Word, which is our life, because it reveals you to us, and it brings us to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we pray that you would be our teacher as we continue to read about the allotment and conquest of the land of Canaan. We pray that you would give us wisdom and insight in how to apply these things to our lives as believers today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 17. Then allotment was made to the people of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph. To Maker, the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, was allotted Gilead and Bashan, because he was a man of war and allotments were made to the rest of the people of Manasseh by their clans, Abiezer, Helek, Azrael, Shechem, Hefer, and Shemida. These were the male descendants of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, by their clans. Now, Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Maker, son of Manasseh, had no sons but only daughters, and these are the names of his daughters, Mela, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Terza. They approached Eleazar the priest, and Joshua the son of Nun, and the leaders, and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance along with our brothers. So according to the mouth of the Lord, he gave them an inheritance among, among the brothers of their father. Thus there fell to Manasseh ten portions, beside the land of Gilead, and Bashan, which is on the other side of the Jordan, because the daughters of Manasseh received an inheritance along with his sons. The land of Gilead was allotted to the rest of the people of Manasseh. The territory of Manasseh reached from Asher to Mitmethath, which is east of Shechem. Then the boundary goes along southward to the inhabitants of En-Tapa and Tapua. The land of Tapua belonged to Manasseh, but the town of Tepuah, on the boundary of Manasseh, belonged to the people of Ephraim. Then the boundary went down to the brook Cana. These cities, to the south of the brook, along with the cities of Manasseh, among the cities of Manasseh, belonged to Ephraim. Then the boundary of Manasseh goes on the north side of the brook and ends at the sea. The land to the south being Ephraim's, and that to the north being Manasseh's, with the sea forming the boundary. On the north, Asher is reached, and on the east, Issachar. Also in Issachar and in Asher, Manasseh had Beth-shean and its villages, and Iblium and its villages, and the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, the inhabitants of Endor and its villages, and the inhabitants of Tanakh and its villages, and the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages. The third is Naphath. Yet the people of Manasseh could not take possession of those cities, but the Canaanites persisted in dwelling in that land. Now when the people of Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not utterly drive them out. Then the people of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, Why have you given me but one lot and one portion as an inheritance, although I am a numerous people, since all along the Lord has blessed me. And Joshua said to them, If you are a numerous people, go up by yourselves to the forest, and there clear ground for yourselves in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephaim, since the hill country of Ephraim is too narrow for you. The people of Joseph said, The hill country is not enough for us, yet all the Canaanites who dwell in the plain have chariots of iron, both those in Beth Shean and its villages, and those in the valley of Jezreel, then Joshua said to Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, "You are a numerous people and have great power. You shall have, you shall not have one allotment only, but the hill country shall be yours. For though it is a forest, you shall clear it, and possess it to its farthest borders. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have chariots of iron." and though they are strong. This is Joshua chapter 17. So we see here the, uh, the, the sons of Joseph are Ephraim and Manasseh. Manasseh is actually the firstborn, and Ephraim is the secondborn. But they are a very numerous people. I mean, numerically, they should be one twelfth of the overall portion of the land of, of the people of Israel, but they're actually much more than that. And so if we look at the map, you can see they're given West Manasseh and East Manasseh. Um, and you can see Ephraim has this hill country, the hill country of Ephraim. And they actually do end up with a very large portion. But part of what they they have is what they were told to take. So some of that area in Bashan and in Gilead um, and some of the area up um, north of West Manasseh and the northern part of Ephraim, that is uh, an area that's the forested area that Joseph that, sorry that, Joshua tells them they need to go and and conquer. So I, I want to focus on a couple of things here for us as believers. One is when God makes us promises, He makes provision for us by faith to receive those promises. But the question is, do we believe him enough to enter into the promises that he has made to us? So God has promised us fellowship with him by his Holy Spirit who lives within us, forgiveness, peace with God, right? He's promised us the fruit of the Spirit. But do we really believe him and trust him and do we take action to live out the promise that he's given us? Or do we act in fear, in unbelief, in hesitation, in doubt, in double-mindedness, right? We say, well, I I can't have the fruit of the Spirit in my life because my life is just too hard. Or, you know, I can't experience victory over sin in my life because of whatever reason there is. Or I can't really... You know, I don't have time to read my Bible and to pray and to enjoy fellowship with the Lord because I have, I have too much going on. I'm just too busy. So we might have psychological excuses. We might have spiritual excuses. We might have pragmatic excuses for why it is that we cannot live the kind of life that God has promised us to live. Now, God did not promise us a life that would be devoid of suffering, where we would always be healthy, where we'd have lots of wealth, this sort of prosperity gospel thing. He did promise us a world of trouble and persecution and difficulty, but he promised us that his presence would be with us, that he would give us peace, that the fruit of the Spirit would be born in our lives, that we would bear fruit for his glory. And we oftentimes don't experience it because we have excuses. And we see that from the sons of Joseph. We see in verse 15 that the people of Israel grew strong they, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but they did not utterly drive them out. So the people of Manasseh could not take possession of the cities that were given to them because the Canaanites persisted in the land. Because when Israel was strong, they did not drive them out. So there was disobedience in carrying out God's will when God had given provision. Israel was strong. They were able to drive out the Canaanites. They chose not to drive out the Canaanites because they thought, well, we can just use them as slave labor. But now the Canaanites have iron chariots and they can't possibly drive them out because they're too strong for them. Disobedience kept them from entering into and receiving their inheritance the way the Lord instructed, which was drive out the Canaanites. You know, put them to death or drive them out of the land. But they didn't do that. They thought they could use them to their own advantage. They thought they could, you know, take advantage of this opportunity they had to get cheap labor, forced labor. Well, now these people have become strong, and they have iron chariots, and they're having a hard time getting their inheritance. But still, they do have the provision. They're not acting in faith, they're acting in fear, they're acting in hesitation and self-doubt, but they do have the provision. Verse 17, Joshua says to them, You are a numerous people, and you have great power. You shall not have one allotment only, the hill country shall be yours. Though it is a forest, you shall clear it, and possess it to its furthest borders. You shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have chariots of iron, and though they are strong. So, how do we apply this? Well, we get into patterns of disobedience and laziness and apathy, and then patterns grow into our lives that are unhealthy. Neglect of God's word, neglect of prayer, neglect of fellowship with God's people, neglect of church attendance. And through neglect, through laziness, through a lack of obedience, we develop these these patterns where sin is kind of controlling our lives. It's a sort of this iron chariot Canaanite type sin is dominating areas of our lives and now we wish we could get rid of it but it's going to be harder because we didn't get rid of it earlier patterns built up over time habits built over time disbelief unbelief whatever it is makes it harder but that doesn't mean we can't have victory doesn't mean that we can't walk in obedience to the lord it doesn't mean that we can't drive those things out of our lives it just means it's going to take more effort but God tells us in Romans 6, he tells us we shall not offer the instruments of our body to sin, to unrighteousness. He tells us in Romans 8, we must put to death the deeds of the body by the spirit. And so we can take our bodies, our time, our money, our thoughts, our entertainment, our and we can offer them up to God. And we can say, I am yours with everything I have. And we can be committed to that by God's grace. We can't do it on our own. Just as the children of Joseph, the Ephraimites and the Manassites. Ephraimites? And the Manassites? Those are hard words to say. They they couldn't just do it on their own. But with the Lord's blessing, because the Lord was with them and because the Lord had given them the promise, they could do it. But it would take effort and it would take courage. So I think that's a good lesson for us, is kind of twofold. One is, when we have opportunity to build good habits, to, um, to grow in the Lord, to, to seek the Lord, we ought to take advantage of those opportunities. While we are young, while we are strong, while we are able, we should do it, not hesitate. But if we've neglected that, and bad patterns have grown up in our lives, we can still seek the Lord and His grace to grow in holiness, and it can be done, but it will require more effort because now the Canaanites have iron chariots in our lives. Now our unbelief has been stronger. Our doubts, our fears, our hesitations, our bad habits have grown the more ingrained. But by God's grace, he will lead us into the life that he has for us if we will trust and obey. doesn't mean an easy life. Because life in this world is perpetual warfare, but it can be a victorious and fruitful life, and a life lived in fellowship with God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for faithfully being with us and never leaving us or forsaking us. Thank you for your precious promises that are contained in your word, that your spirit lives within us, that your word is given to us, that your people are given to us that we have promises of fruitfulness and, and victory over sin and Satan, and we can walk in that kind of life. But we must do so by faith, trusting in you, and with Holy Spirit-empowered effort that you enable us to exercise. Give us that faith and give us that courage and give us that resolve by your grace and by the power of your Holy Spirit living within us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's Joshua 17. Tomorrow, we'll move right on to Joshua 18. I hope, as always, that you have a very blessed day in the Lord.